0: Welcome back. We are on episode one hundred and nineteen. My name is Jenna DeFrain, and I am the children's minister here at North Point. And today I have Rick Rubel. Yeah,
1: and I am whoever I am.
0: <laughs> you. I, I
1: am. I am the late night radio show talk talk show host with a deep voice. Welcome back, right back <laughs> Yeah. Welcome back to North Point Plus.
0: So are you excited for Christmas? How are you um, feeling?
1: I am. I'm actually feeling much better. Over the weekend, I felt um, progressively worse. Yeah. Um, my darling wife said to me multiple times on Saturday, call Jake, have Jake preach. And I said, Nah, I'll, I'm feeling better. I'll do better. Mm-hmm. And um, late in the day on Saturday, I sent my sermon to Jake and said, just in case, because three years ago, if you were around three years ago... Um, I came down with COVID in 2020 on the first Saturday of December, and I was supposed to preach mm-hmm. the next day. And so I sent Jake my sermon on Saturday night after I tested positive, you know, when every everything was crazy COVID-wise. And Jake preached my sermon and did wonderfully. Um, but I said, I don't want to do that to him again. And I could power through, and I did. But then Sunday I felt progressively worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Monday, I uh, actually thought, I, man, i got to do something, and was able to get on some antibiotics okay. and had an infection, a uh, bronchial infection. And so the antibiotics are doing their job now, and I'm feeling much better, even though I'm still dealing with a little bit of the residual. Yeah. But yeah. doing much better and very yeah. much looking forward to Christmas. Our um, yes. Our youngest daughter, so child number four, and her mm-hmm. husband and two grandkids came in yesterday and uh that's that's just wonderful there's nothing like um Wes who's 3 uh I came home from playing racquetball this morning and um he came out and said grandpa I didn't know you were here and then he sat on my lap and he said can I have that cuz I was eating lucky charms <laughs> can I have those? I said you have to ask your mom um so yeah it was it's it's great fun all the kids are coming in mm-hmm. it's going to be good
0: it's just slightly getting a little bit louder probably in your house
1: yeah there's yeah. more activity but it's good activity it's good activity.
0: yeah uh, we i'm the youngest grandkid in my family so after i grew up we had zero running around yeah. and uh, my oldest one of my older cousins um had a few kiddos and so now there's like actually like activity happening yeah. and it is hilarious watching it you're like yeah you got energy yeah it's it's yes. in a, in a yeah. small living room it's very different yeah it is hilarious it's cute, yep. well, can you kind of give us like a little bit of a recap of what you sure. talked about on sunday
1: yeah so we're so we're in this series uh where we're talking about what it's like to experience Christmas for the first time um re- remembering for some of us what that's like to experience Christmas for the first time again and um and we really Sunday were focused on the shepherds the the uh, announcement uh by the angels um by uh by Gabriel um probably gabriel we don't know that for sure but uh to the shepherds and then the shepherds response and um and just really trying to work through that in a way that it was um more than just kind of the christmas card picture mm-hmm. and um so we spent a lot of time I, I think probably some of the more significant moments in that were um the the concept that the shepherds really were, um, the lower echelon of Israeli society and that they were, they were perpetually ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. So they couldn't get in, uh, to the temple. They couldn't go to the temple because they were unclean, even though they were just five miles away. Um, nobody, uh, typically trusted shepherds. Um, they, like they couldn't testify in, um, in a Judaic court. And so, um, The fact that God would choose to announce to shepherds that um, that his son had been born is really, really pretty remarkable, particularly for us who feel like, man, I'm not worthy. You know, um, who am I to have anything to do with God's plan? And and God chose shepherds to be to have really kind of the front row seat. So that that's it in an overview uh, of kind of where we were. And the whole the whole idea um, we may talk about this uh, no, we'll talk about it now uh, that God wrote him into the story the the um, I I we had a we had an incredible Sunday uh, we had five baptisms um,
0: awesome.
1: communion just a special time celebrating communion together it was just a really really cool time and and so I, I was I was trying to be conscious of everybody in children's and not go too long. But uh, at the end, I, there's just a story that I wanted to tell about an author uh, named Dorothy Sayers who wrote herself into her stories. Like uh, she wrote a character into the story that, that, that mirrored her life. And, and the, the whole um, application of that concept is that that's exactly what God did. God wrote himself into our stories, um, which, is, which is cool. That's
0: awesome. And don't ever worry about children's ministry. We always, (laughs) what's funny is I've learned in the (coughs) few months I've been here is to prep for those. (laughs) So we have plenty of activities for our kiddos, but yeah, so I want to kind of dive into the questions, especially because we are on such a topic that I think a lot of people think they know, Yeah. but probably will be shocked to find out. We're all kind of hearing all this for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And so... Our first uh, question about the sermon is, weren't there three angels named in Scripture? lucifer satan like we kind of got to talk about yeah
1: we talked about i i I said in the message in talking about the angel that appears to the shepherd we don't know his name yeah um but we i talked about the two angels that we know who are named one is michael Mm -hmm. michael's the warrior angel Mm -hmm. in daniel 6 he's mentioned as fighting with um with the 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 host legions of of satan um and he's the one who really does battle Mm -hmm. um the uh uh Gabriel is the is the messenger angel that mm-hmm. uh I said Harold angel it's funny because you know doing children's choir musicals uh for a long time um one of the musicals uh the angel is named Harold H A R O L D because he's the herald angel um <laughs> if that <laughs> so, makes any sense it's yeah. a, play on words pun yeah, whatever yeah. anyway um Gabriel is the is the angel that proclaims announcements so he's mentioned as uh he makes an announcement to Daniel he makes an announcement to to uh Mary um, he makes the announcement to Joseph mm-hmm. um, I think that's right uh yeah and um and so there's every uh, everything points to the fact that Gabriel, although Scripture doesn't say that, it's probably Gabriel that, mm-hmm. that appears. So Gabriel and Michael are named, and I said two angels named, and whoever wrote the question is absolutely correct. Thank you for doing so. Um, there are actually three angels. Lucifer is yeah. a fallen angel, and yeah. so uh, he was an angel who tried to uh, take over mm-hmm. for God. Um, he He challenged God's authority, Isaiah talks about and uh, that's when he fell uh, from heaven and all he and all of his followers and so uh, yeah three three angels named
0: what's funny is uh, children's ministry the way that our curriculum is running right now it's actually lining up like the exact yes. same stories that like we're teaching in kids ministry <laughs> um, in Timbertown kids will Merge, it's the exact same thing we're <laughs> learning about um, and uh, and I call it Big Big kid church, church. big kid church, and and what's funny is we actually had a kid, uh, we have a question box in Merge, because we are learning that these kids have so many questions, and we love it, and we don't always get all the time to answer all their questions, and one of their kids asked of, you know, we are called to love our enemies, should I love Satan? since he is my enemy. So it's just interesting, you know, seeing this question and like, hey, there's actually three in the different story and as we come to know as Christians is that 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 fallen angel is actually against Jesus. Right. And so knowing that, and it's just interesting. It's, yeah. it's just such an interesting topic. And if you want to learn more about the angels and everything like that, last week we did talk about that pretty heavily on our podcast yeah. as well. So off to our next question. Could you talk a little bit more about the difference between angels, archangels, herald angels, and fallen angels? Kind of dive a little bit more into that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and again, I th- I think – um, it may be that that question came from somebody who didn't see last week's podcast yeah. with Larry. Um, archangels are like chief angels. Um, we know that Michael and Gabriel are mentioned as archangels. Um, depending upon what your religious tradition is, um, there are as many as seven archangels. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of those, well, the other five are all um placed in that position through uh, books from the Apocrypha, which mm-hmm. we talked in the podcast last week as well, apocryphal books that talk about that. Some churches um, uh, would say Raphael is an archangel, um, Uriel uh, is, I think, one of the other ones, and then three probably lesser-known ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in Scripture, the only two that are mentioned as archangels, as chief angels, are, are Michael and Gabriel. Um, then there is this host of angels... Uh, one of the things that I talked about in the messages in Revelation five when it talks about the angels numbering ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands besides um that 's a hundred million angels mm-hmm. and um and so the uh it 's hard to know in god 's creative ability yeah. like how many there are um but there were angels that fell that mm-hmm. that um that Sided with Lucifer in trying to take power from God to challenge God for His power, yeah. Isaiah. I think it's chapter eleven. Um, uh, Isaiah talks about the uh, about Lucifer's fall, um, and so fallen angels now are are probably demons. Um, they're they're, um, they're working with. Satan for the destruction of God's kingdom, mm-hmm. destruction of the world, destru- destruction of our lives. Jesus said um, the enemy, um, Lucifer, Satan, uh, that his purpose, John ten says, uh, to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah, and so uh, the fallen angels—that's what they're about. They're trying yeah. to just um, blow up people's lives, and yeah. they do that very effectively.
0: Yeah, and it's uh it's in the Bible, and it talks about, uh you know, as you were talking about um how Satan fell, and uh, there's a rap. If you don't know me, I love Christian rap. Uh, it's kind of one thing if you ever hear a loud bass coming to the church, probably <laughs> me, um, but there's a song, and it uh, talks about how like, God is stronger and how Satan fell like lightning, like, uh, yeah. like that. He's gone, yeah. and I think it's just so important to – Um, notice how much scripture talks about Satan and talks about our enemy, uh, especially Jesus. And I think it's just interesting to... Learn more about it. Like after last week's podcast, yeah. I went to gotquestions.org, which I yeah. love. Got questions. Um, and I tell merge kids about it. I'm like, yeah. just Google, you know, Google's that's what it's lots there for. Of lots, there. lots of good things. So I think if you need to know more and want to know more, Got Questions, I to me at least is a great resource. Yes, yeah, it's
1: a really good resource. Oh,
0: uh, I was sending them to Maddie Khan. I was like, you gotta watch this video, it's super super cool. But so, yeah, going, a, yeah. A,
1: another resource that we talk about, mm-hmm. um, is, um, Right now media that that's available for everybody who's a part of North Point. Um, if you don't have, uh, like we pay for a membership for everybody who's associated with North Point and there is teaching there from all kinds of trusted teachers. And that's, that's the thing Mm -hmm. that, uh, people are vetted and screened before they go into right now media and um, and so there's lots of material there that you can go to study a particular topic like mm-hmm. angels or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and uh, just a,
0: a really good resource. That's amazing, yeah. And so, how do you how do we refer to fallen angels? Should we call them like we're going kind to of talk about like you know yeah. fallen angels? Like are they demons? Are they just gone? Is, how, yeah, how should I, we refer to?
1: I, I I i don 't know that there 's necessarily a right way, wrong way kind of thing. I yeah. think that they are probably um, demons a part of the demonic force. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we can talk about them as fallen angels um, that that helps give uh, description yeah. to to what they do and again um, lucifer um, his name means liar you know um, deceiver um, adversary uh, Jesus calls him, um, and they 're all a part of uh try to accomplish what 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 Satan wants.
0: So is his I'm curious now um cuz angels and this is not something that I am very knowledgeable on yeah. I'll I'll admit that. Yeah. Um so what's his name Lucifer when he was an angel in heaven? Yes. So that's interesting that his name did God always know? This is that interesting question. Did great God question. Name him knowing. It's kind of like how the talk with Judas, yeah. you know. But did God name Lucifer knowing that Lucifer meant deceiver um, and liar oh, and all those things?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I actually I'm 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 trying to think through. Um, we might that might be a question for us to tackle later, for whether I his name Jesus calls Satan the adversary. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Lucifer translated means those things. Mm-hmm. Um I, that's something that that I would need to study. Um deceiver Jesus calls him the deceiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah.
0: You're gonna, yeah. I'm just I always that's, get curious. That's a great question. Oh yeah. yeah. And so I'm we What's showing
1: my Lack of total knowledge <laughs> by ignorance. Yeah.
0: But that's okay because that shows where yeah, I I don't know. Jesus Because yeah. yep. I, What I love about in the Bible, it tells us that, you know, we're never going to know everything. That yep. there's even things that Jesus did that are not written down that we know. Yeah. And That we have everything that we need to know. Yep. And I love that. So we have um, another question. It says, I've never spent time thinking about the lives of shepherds being so distant from their society and as literal outcasts since they were deemed unclean. The historical context is so helpful in understanding the com- the complement of Jesus as our shepherd, and all verse pointing to Jesus coming for the sinners and outcasts. Why do you think God used shepherds to tell such a significant part of the story? Yeah,
1: it's it's so funny because we don't uh, we really don't think about the implications of that, and when this question came, um, the. the they made a connection that I hadn't made in that um I, I just talked about the Shepherds being the the lowest part of society mm-hmm. and the fact that they were the ones who got the announcement. It is incredibly interesting. Well, and, and I talked about the fact that they were they were probably we don't know this for sure, this is not scripture, mm-hmm. but in terms of proximity that their sheep, or at least some of their sheep, would have been the sheep that were taken to Jerusalem to be sold, to be sacrificed for any Jew who came that wanted to sacrifice for their sins, to have their their sins rolled back. And so um, just there's a really powerful connection to say the ones who raised the sheep but weren't good enough to go into the temple— were the ones that were the first to see the sacrificial lamb um, that John ultimately says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus is described as our shepherd, and it's a really interesting thing because when we think about like the... I think the author's or the painter's name is Salzman or whatever. The the image of the good shepherd where he's holding the sheep and that and he's in all the nice clean clothes and his hair is is um, neatly combed and all that stuff. There's something really powerful about recognizing that the shepherds were unclean mm-hmm. because of the way that they took care of the sheep. They got down and dirty with the sheep. Know. Yeah, right. And the fact that Jesus, as the good shepherd, mm-hmm. got down and dirty to take care of us. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just a really, really cool connection and a, and a powerful image in terms of, again, the whole concept of Emmanuel, God yeah. with us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be, being like us, being one of us.
0: Mm-hmm. There is a picture that was going around. Um, Pretty heavily on Instagram and Facebook, um, and I I went to Liberty University, so a lot of um, my friends and old peers um, are very very big on Instagram, sharing constantly of just Christian media. And there was a picture that was going around was it was a little lamb, uh, and the f- like the focus of the picture, and in the background it's Jesus running after this lamb. And I mean this lamb is. Disgusting. It is dirty and gross. It's it's rains all around it. It's muddy, and that's one of them. Then another one is the lamb surrounded by fire, and it's. But when I when I hear about Jesus being our shepherd and that he got down and dirty, I get reminded kind of of that picture. Yeah, that's good. Of just that visual because I'm a huge visual learner. That's how I learn. And remembering that he is not just the person that's like, yeah, good job. Go you, you know, it yeah. doesn't get into our nitty gritty. I joke in my life group is he gets into my kitchen yeah. and he sees my drawers. He sees how messy it is. And that's the type of God that we serve yeah. and that we get to worship together. Yeah. And so he is not yeah, distant. No. And it breaks my heart. um, The lies that Satan will try to tell us. That, oh, right. does God, does God hear you? Yeah. You know, I don't think God's hearing you right yeah. now. And I think it's so crucial to know who God is, especially yeah. when Satan flies, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Satan's, Satan's smart. There's yeah. he, he knows how to deceive because that's all he's able to do.
1: Yeah. He knows where we're mm-hmm. vulnerable. Yeah. And he knows what buttons to push oh, yeah. to, to make us doubt, to make okay. us um, turn, to make mm-hmm. us depend on ourselves instead of on Jesus.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, and it's so crucial to read scripture. Yeah. That is the biggest way that you will ever be able to learn about yeah. who Jesus is and knowing his voice. And so our last question that we have here for us is not uh, technically about our uh, sermon. Yep. But it's about missions. Yeah. And so can you talk about why we are sending folks to Kenya for thousands of dollars a person yep. rather than encouraging them to give them money towards a special offering? is it more important to go in person rather than sending a greater amount of money as well as thank you for your leadership
1: (laughs) um, there. uh, That's a great question. And it's, it's actually a question that we talked about um, as elders Mm -hmm. before we made the decision to do the mission trip. Um, And it's a conversation that we had um, in Kenya with the leadership at Mohi. Um, because if we take uh, to to date, I think we've had maybe thirty five people say that they were interested in going uh, yeah, to awesome. to um, to Kenya this next year. It won't be that many because uh, you know it it just won't be that many. But if we take even ten people at uh, you know three thousand, thirty two hundred, thirty five hundred dollars a piece, that's a lot of money. That's more than thirty thousand um, dollars. Wouldn't it make more sense to just give that money to Mohi? And, um, and, and Mary in talking to them, they, they communicated so clearly. And this is, this is part of why we wanted to partner with them. They said, no, it absolutely is more important for you to come than to just send money. Mm-hmm. Um, God has the resources. He can channel money wherever he wants. Yeah. But when you come, when you make the trip to come to Kenya, the thing that happens is that you... Um, your presence communicates a value to the Kenyans mm-hmm. that money can't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the 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 context that uh, I I remember having the conversation was we were um, in the community where Chumani is, where where we've helped build this church. And there was a family that that there was there. We had walked down to the ocean and and were kind of walking back through. And as we're talking, uh, you know, we met with like the the mom and dad who were probably in their I don't know sixties, maybe uh, maybe a little bit older. It's hard to tell age mm-hmm. in a different culture, but they were there. And and they lived in this area where the soil was very sandy, not a lot could grow, whatever. But in the area where they were, there was their hut. There were probably another six or eight huts. And as we kept talking, people kept coming out. Mm-hmm. So it was their grown kids and their spouses and their grandkids and then probably... Maybe potentially even some of their great grandkids, and so at the end we were probably talking to thirty or thirty-five people that were all one extended family that lived in this community, and as we're talking to them and talking through the translator, um, they said we were the first um, foreigners to ever visit their home, and um, and and Marion Wallace said, "You don't understand how significant that is because." what they were saying was who cares about us mm-hmm. you know my, my life is insignificant to the yeah. world and when you come to visit it's like god really does care about me mm-hmm. uh, he knows where i live uh, and and so part of why we've said that we want to take people and and Mary and Wallace uh, the directors of of Mohi they've said when you come when you visit a child that you sponsor yeah. all of a sudden their whole um, view of themselves and God and how much God loves them changes. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's more important than the, than just the money end of it. And so, um, we're committed. Uh, we, we hope to be able to go to Kenya maybe every couple of years, every three years, whatever. So people can visit the kids that they sponsor. I think what will happen is, um, after we go this summer, um, there'll probably be a whole nother, uh, opportunity for people to sponsor additional kids. Um, it's going to be a really cool thing. I'm, I'm anxious to go anxious to see, uh, the, the little boy Muhammad that, that we sponsor there to just have a chance to meet him and to, and, um, and I think for us to have a large group that goes, Mm um, to the church at Shumani that we gave the money to help build the building, all of a sudden there is a magnitude of partnership and um, brotherhood mm-hmm. that um, will multiply when we're there and can worship with them. And, um, it, I mean, it will be great for us. the The people who go on the trip, whether that's, you know, five people, 10 people, mm-hmm. 20 people, when we come back and they say, we have been in that church that we mm-hmm. helped build and seen what God's doing there, that will have a huge impact on North Point, not just on Chumani, on the church in Chumani. Mm-hmm. And so um, it it really is a great question. Um, I, I would say this for anybody who ever thinks about mission trip stuff. Um, it, the question that you've raised, does it make more sense to just send the money than mm-hmm. to go? Um, it's it's frankly a lot easier to send money than Mm -hmm. it is to go. Yeah. Um, It's a lot. um, It's a, it's, it is a challenge, particularly if you fundraise, particularly if you raise Mm -hmm. support to go on a trip to say to someone, Hey, I feel like God's called me to do this. Would you help financially support me in, Mm -hmm. in that? and, um, that stretches our faith. It, yeah. it makes us way vulnerable in a way that God can use us. I think anytime you go on, a, on a, a mission trip, you go into an environment where it's not normal. It's not our normal culture. It's not the normal stuff that we know. Mm-hmm. And so we have to depend on God more. Yeah. And when we do that, God works in us. He grows our faith. He changes our heart um and and so it's it ends up being a, a really really good thing. So um that's why we're going and um we hope if you can't go that you can send and that that you can give lots of money yeah. to make it easier on some other people yeah. and to be invested in in the trip in that way mm-hmm. um because because you've given for it. Yeah. And um our our offering that we're given for Mohi uh at Christmas I would just encourage you you know this is um you know we 've got a few days left before Christmas Eve when we when we do the special offering um, to help build the school mm-hmm. um, if you 've got uh, you know if you get a year in bonus if you um, if you have some money that you 're just trying to figure out oh how can I give to something that matters mm-hmm. uh, here 's what I can tell you i haven 't been there um, there's a community that the children who live in that community and it 's as many as three hundred kids don't have any way to learn, um, any formal way to learn language, to learn about Jesus. And the church was really the first step for that. But we have an opportunity to help build a school that will give an education to those kids, that will transform the community because it will employ people who clean the school and the people who teach the school and the people who cook meals for the kids, it, it will change the community in an incredibly powerful way. And so I would just, I would encourage you to give, to give sacrificially, um, to give knowing that, uh, you know, sometimes at Christmas time you, you buy a present and you know that the present's not going to be used all that much. You buy a present cause that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah you can give to something that will matter, that will change people's lives. And and I would just invite you to do that, be a part of that.
0: Yeah, And as a person, I used to definitely think in that way of yeah. like, because okay, this, granted, this was before I was a Christian, so yeah. I always needed to say that. Um, And I remember being in middle school, like seeing people post pictures of like their mission trips, like I learned so much. And to this day, I'm like, Post more about what god 's doing, but um going back to what I used to think as a non christian was um, kind of as this sounds so harsh, and I feel so awful that I used to think this um was it was like a white person like a like white savior is what yeah. I would always yeah. call it, but as God has changed my heart of a very heart of stone into a heart of flesh uh, as we read in Ezekiel, is that personal. Touch is that in heaven. If we get real, is different tribes, nations, and tongues, and we know that just naturally is going to be different skin tones, ethnicities, and everything like that. It is not fully about um, just giving the money, but it's more about what seeing what heaven's going to be like one day yeah. and working with your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Because that personal connection, and we are huge about that at North Point of having yeah. a community, is we are creating a community. Of um, that one day we might see them in heaven i 'm going to cry again yeah. the, the, um, <laughs> anyway.
1: you know when I was teaching when I was teaching at the college and teaching a, a class on worship, one of the one of the assignments that I gave was that um, wherever the students came from, they had to go worship one Sunday in a in a cultural context mm-hmm. that was different than they n- normally grew up. So, if they grew up in a in like a non-denom, a non-denominational kind of setting, they need to go maybe to a, a synagogue, mm-hmm. or they needed to go to um, a very liturgical, high church kind of yeah. setting, or to go into a different language to go to a, a Hispanic church mm-hmm. or uh, whatever, um, and. And it was just really interesting. Uh, we had you know white kids from the suburbs go to to uh, African American churches, yeah, and um, and didn't know what to do because the service lasted two <laughs> three hours, yeah, and they were used to oh n-, you know it's time to be done. Mm-hmm. Nah, they're just but getting that. started. <laughs> um, the uh, there is something something that's very powerful to be in a different culture and to be mm. to worship together with people. Who have a different background, who speak differently, who sing mm-hmm. differently, and to and to recognize, th- heaven is going to be like this. It's mm-hmm. not just going to be like what we experienced at North Point, right. and um and th- that's really cool. That's yeah. good stuff.
0: Yeah, if you have time, take a look Liberty University. Uh, once a year, they do kind of like a multicultural um, at Liberty. Um, I used to be a student there and graduated, and uh, and so we have almost um, out of the country, almost every single country is almost represented yeah. at Liberty mm-hmm. University. Yeah. So super duper cool, and so last thing is uh, once a year, they bring in all the different languages and flags, and the students will hold up their flags and everything but you get to worship in all the different languages. And it is, you have zero clue what you're saying. Yeah. But it is the coolest thing, because they can take a song like Oceans, I think everybody knows Oceans, yeah. and you could be singing it in Portuguese and Chinese and uh, Arabic, and you're hearing this song that you know in a different language, yeah. and it changes yeah. your faith. And I think that's so crucial. Is It hearing. helps you yeah. see how big
1: God is. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. F- that, that, to me, that's the one thing that... That when we went to Sri Lanka and when we went to Kenya last year, um, you know, you travel halfway across the world, stop, and then you go the rest of the way mm-hmm. across the world. And, and you, you just, if you stop and think about it, you're overwhelmed at the fact that God knows every detail mm-hmm. of the hearts of, uh, of the lives of all those people in Sri Lanka that don't even know him um uh, we stopped in Amsterdam on the way to Sri Lanka um no on the way to Kenya um we stopped in Qatar um mm. Mm. on the, on the way there and that god knows every one of those people in the, in those cities and in the countries it's um we serve an incredibly big god yeah
0: there is a time where i had a a kiddo ask me at a different church ask me uh you know how can god be everywhere at once and our fellow uh, pastor was, you know, talking about the omnipresent. He was 10, like omnipresent and all those things. And I just saw this kid be so confused. Yeah. And I said, think of an octopus. Uh-huh. And it's an infinity amount of arms. Yeah. And he was just able to touch every single body's lives, just an octopus. And the, and the joke was kind of, the kid's going to think God's an octopus. I said, but they're going to remember yeah. that God is everywhere yeah. touching everybody's lives even when we don't even realize it and, know yeah. it. and that's one of the best parts. And if you guys want to learn more about Jesus and about kind of the moment where eternity changes and the world changes, um, come join us on Christmas Eve yeah, at one of our three services. We have... Three services at 10 a.m., 3, and 4.30. We will have child care. All three, Kids World and Merge, will yep. be closed, uh, sadly. But we are so excited to have our Christmas uh, story movie uh, the next week. But the nursery and twos and threes will be open, all three services. And the fours and fives classroom will only be open during the 10 a.m. service for a Jesus birthday nice. celebration. <laughs> nice.
1: And if, you, uh, if you're if you watching this the podcast this week, and you haven't um, stopped out to see the Christmas drive through light experience Hi. in the church parking lot, um, be sure and do that. It's, it's just a really, really cool time to let all of the busyness kind of fade away and, um, and to drive through uh, and hear the Christmas story and see that kind of portrayed in a little tiny way and to just enjoy the, that concept of light coming into darkness. It's mm-hmm. just, it's cool. It's really, really pretty.
0: Yeah. Well, we will see you next Sunday. Thank you guys. Have a good one.